What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to another edition of uh, Cavs the Podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna play us in with a little Tom Pestack here. Can't wait. So yeah, that was Tom Pestak after game three and That was really hard to follow. It really it really is. I mean we should just end the podcast now, but un- unfortunately I don't think we'd get many listens on a fifty second podcast, so yeah, that, That'd be, was, that would be a switch for us, a 50-second Honestly, pod. even the Cavs had a hard time following that. It wasn't that no, I, I Fry had the... 27 points in Game 3. It was that Tom threw out that superior instant recap, or instacap as he calls them, and the Cavs decided, you know, this is so hard to top, we can only win this game by one. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so torn between I was so torn between hilarity and anger when I saw that, because Tom very nearly stole my... My theme for uh, for the the actual recap, but uh, but I was glad to. I was I, I, I hilarity won out. I was very very uh, tickled by by Tom's uh, rendition of Rebecca Black's classic, <laughs> which I've never even heard before. So, oh, Rips, no, you, you listen to the radio, and I think it was that it was about like four years ago. It was like on. No, about, I did not listen to the radio four years ago. I was actually in a uh, Tibetan monastery. Probably better off for it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're just sitting here on a uh, Monday night. We got the uh, heat and the thunder on in the background in one of the worst 
uh, second round playoff games we've ever seen. It it seems even worse than the last second round playoff game, which was abysmal. Yeah, uh, I remember watching games back in the '80s with like the Knicks or the '90s with like the Knicks and the Pacers or the Knicks and the, the Pistons when it was like you know it was like forty to. 37 at halftime and yeah, stuff but like that. Yeah, part of that was with, it was so physical and the defenses were so good. Yeah, this, this is just, just teams can't teams score. Can't score. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And we all kind of knew it was only a matter of time, or at least Tom did, and I didn't believe him, but believe him now, that Miami was not going to be able to shoot the lights out forever, which yeah. that they've kind of fallen off a cliff there. Uh, Lou Dang has... Uh, returned to me. Fallen back to earth? Yes. And uh, and it begs the question, after the Cavs completed a four-game sweep of the Hawks, and you've got these teams like, say, Magic Johnson's Lakers that say, hey, we're going to make a run at LeBron this offseason. You wonder, why in God's name would LeBron ever leave the East <laughs> when yeah. he's basically... His road to the play to the finals is much easier in the East, it seems, than the West every yeah. year. So I think he would only. I mean, at this point, you'd only leave the East to go play for Golden State or San Antonio, right? I mean, right. Why, why? Why else would you leave? To I your point, know. I don't know. Not so, that he would leave, anyways, but you know, <laughs> I think Magic Johnson is always that guy, though. He's that that ultimate LA cheerleader, where you know he likes to put things out there just to try to watch, you know, Jim Buss try to live up to it. So he, he likes to he likes to uh, chum the waters, that's yeah, for sure. He, so, he's a he's a he's a Dodger owner. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> so the Cavs are coming off one of the most dominant playoff performances in. NBA history and an historic victory over in four games over the Atlanta Hawks, where they just shattered the records for uh, three pointers in a series in a four game series. Uh, they almost shattered the records for three pointers in a in a seven game series. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was pretty phenomenal, and uh, some of the. They were the first team to ever have what three different players score over six three pointers. Well, six three pointers in in one game in the same series. Yep. Uh, you had you know Kevin Love and J.R. Smith, and then Timofey, not Timofey Moskov. What am I thinking? Channing Fry. Channing Fry. Um, and they just looked unstoppable. Now, one of the things Tom, you know, I feel like I'm I'm channeling all these Tom emails, but. He was talking about how Atlanta never really adjusted. They just kind of expected the Cavs to cool off, and that never happened. And I, I really did feel like at Atlanta, Coach Buttonholzer really coached a terrible series. I, I felt like there should have been some adjustments made at some point to at least make the Cavs beat you inside rather than Especially with yeah. as poorly as they were, not poorly that they were shooting, but just how ridiculously hot they were outside. Well, I think his, but I think his, his, he, I mean, he did make adjustments. I mean, he did swap out Corver for Cephalosha in the starting lineup, and you could tell that Cephalosha definitely had an impact on LeBron. I mean, he definitely right, but I, I felt scheme wise, they did not stop 
they did not make many adjustments. Like right. they were just still overhelping way too much. And I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I mean, I'm probably the wrong guy to, to ask about it just because I picked the Cavs to sweep from the beginning. Um, because it, logic sort of dictated to me that Atlanta, the, the Cavs swept Atlanta last year. And with Atlanta's no, worse and the Cavs are better. Yeah. What I'm saying with, with, no, with no Kevin Love last year. With Kyle with, Korver not being the Kyle Korver we saw last year. With and granted, Kyle Korver broke had his leg broken in the what second game. So I mean, technically they only had him for a game and a half. But but still, like Kyrie, the Cavs only had Kyrie for forty nine minutes in that series last year too. Right. So it was really for the bulk of it, it was LeBron and a bunch of role players, mm-hmm. and they still swept them, and they were a sixty win team last year. Yeah, and they the had only real improvements for Atlanta were Millsaps playing better than he did last year and. I, and Baysmore uh, the was umlaut, so. well, and the umlaut is clearly going to be the point guard of the future for Atlanta. I suppose. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> you hate lo- you hate his peroxided I head. I can't stand that guy. Look, I know Ben loves him, and I know Hubie Brown may, might love him more than Ben does. Because man, <laughs> Hubie Brown was literally. I thought he was like somehow related to Hubie Brown, like maybe somewhere on the in the chain there. Like you know, they were they were maybe Hubie adopted him or his family did or something like that. But uh, honestly, it was. Yes, there was the outlier first game where he just somehow caught fire from three. Because that, I mean that that shot might be that shot might be slower than Delhi's outside shot. That, yeah, <laughs> but he and he doesn't just, cock his head like Delhi. That's true, and he doesn't really do the knee, deep knee bend. But he does like he slows down. You can clearly tell he's about to take a three, and yeah. and you you've got a good there's second a, before he takes a three. There's a glitch in the matrix. Oh yeah, you've got a good like second and a half to get up on him if you want to. But the Cavs just—I mean—that was part of their game plan. Like, look, if Schroeder's going to hit threes, fine, we'll let him hit threes. We, we, we don't believe that he's enough a three-point shooter. And the truth is, he had one game where he shot the lights out, and then this. This last game where, you know, they left Jeff Teague on the bench and let Schroeder play most of the, the second half, and it wasn't the outside shot, but the, the drives that he was pulling off towards the end there. I mean, he, I mean, he destroyed the Cavs, you know, on, on, with that first step and getting to the, getting the rap because nobody was helping, you know, in the paint, you know, to try to stop him. So, you know, I think I, I, could, I guess I see where he's the point guard of the future, but... I mean, certainly Jeff Teague doesn't look like he's long for Atlanta after this. No, um, and a lot of people think that he will be a lucrative trade chip in a year yeah. where he's only making eight million dollars. Sure. And the salary—that's going to be a bargain for a starting point guard next. Year. I think he'll be. I think he'll be a Nick next year. I, he could be a Nick. I could see him playing, uh, being a point guard for the Jazz. Yeah. Um, course they got Shelvin Mack and he played pretty well but you have to think at some point the Jazz are not going to want to keep rolling with their second rate point guards they've been rolling with yeah okay I'm sorry third rate point guards they've been rolling with (laughs) they want to settle for a second rate point guard yeah exactly so the Cavs made 77 three-pointers that series and shot 50.3 percent from behind the arc and I believe they're I believe it was 48 and change from inside the arc. Yeah. Kevin Love was insane the last series, uh 4 for 31 from inside the arc. 
And I've got his numbers up here. Whoops. I got his numbers uh, outside the arc are like, it, it's the strangest thing I've ever seen. I've never <laughs> seen a shooting split like this. Yeah. Talk so, about a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah. And and I don't know if and you watch the game. Yeah. Kevin Love was was hot garbage inside the arc on well, at the beginning of that game. Um, I think I think the problem was nineteen of forty from outside the arc. I think the problem for Kevin Love, and you could tell going into the series, like he was a great matchup against Detroit because Detroit had nobody that could guard him. Mm-hmm. They had they had nobody who was tall enough. They you know they you know when he played the five and Drummond got sucked to the outside, like it just opened everything up. I mean he was he was he was the he was the unguardable factor in the in the Pistons series. Against Atlanta, I mean, just going into it, you could tell he was going to have more issues because that's the one thing Atlanta really does have an advantage. Sure. They've got and, and super... Millsap and well, yeah, Horf- and Millsap even Horford, been fantastic yeah. on defense. He was fantastic yeah. on defense that series. But no, Millsap was their best he player. Couldn't chase, he wasn't was chasing guys out to the line. Yeah, Mil- Millsap was their best player in the series, and probably and it wasn't even guy... close. There wasn't. I mean, yeah. the second would possibly be Schroeder. Probably, yeah. yeah. Although, I mean, Teague had that one good game. I mean, the game three, was, Teague was pretty good. But yeah. I think, I look, I think that Millsap, Millsap's the only guy that, that really looked like an all-star in this series for them. And Horford, man, I don't know if his, I heard something about, like, maybe it was his agent that was telling him, you got to start taking threes because you need to show the world that you're a stretch four slash five. Those threes Those take killed, are brutal. And it killed them. It killed. It killed their momentum almost every game. They get all of a sudden he'd like pull up for a three. And I, I watched. It was one sequence in I think it was late in the third quarter, maybe or early fourth, where he got the ball at the top of the key and Corver was open. Like Corver had a had a at a window, and he could have easily just dished it. You know, ten feet to his left to Corver for the th- for the, probably the automatic three. But instead, he just like blindly like jacked up. The three. Well, the and funny I, thing was, his percentage wasn't bad. I mean, he he shot just under forty percent in the series. Sure, and he was over one the like, first game, two for three the second game, two for four, and then one for five. The one for five in the final game was rough. Yeah, that that killed him. Yeah, it just seemed like every time he took one in in game four, it was like the a total like grind to halt momentum stopper for them. It just reminded me a lot of like Boogie Cousins, you know, when he when he pulls up for three sometimes, or yeah. like jo- Josh Smith when he used to think he was a three point shooter. Like it just I don't know. It, it really kind of I look at that and I'm like. Dude, just be yourself. Like, do what you're supposed to do. Find the open man. If you can find Corver open, that's a much better play than you jacking up a, you know, a top of the key three. However, hey, I'm that wasn't to, I'm Al Horford's biggest shortcoming. <laughs> Al, Al Horford's biggest shortcoming was the fact that he had his rebounding card uh, taken away from him. He was yeah. no longer allowed to rebound. His one rebound in game... In game three was, I mean, that that was the story of the game, just the Cavs rebound. I mean, aside from Channing Frye's ridiculous outburst, but no, that's true. the, they were the Cavs had three guys with at least 13 rebounds in that they game. They almost doubled them up, 55 to 28. Yeah. One, more, it, one more rebound for the Cavs, and it would have been a, a total double up. Yeah. Which is, I don't, I've never seen that. No. Not in a playoff game. No, and not in a game where, I mean, both teams shot 
over 48%. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of free throws taken in that game, and there was, at least on the Cavs' side, a lot of free throws missed. I mean, the Cavs missed 11 free throws that game. Half of those. But half of those were Tristan, though. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying that there are – that's just extra rebounding opportunities is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, But it's not as if – it was one of these games where both teams are shooting in the sub-40s and there's just a ton of rebounds out there to be had. You mean like the the, the Heat-Raptors game? <laughs> <laughs> like this game we're watching right now, which is 67-all, uh, nine minutes with, into the... Or, with eight and a half minutes left. Yeah, it's just in the game. It's horrible. God. Yeah, and I, I love Bismack Biombo, but yeah, you do. he cannot play in <laughs> but he's got 12 any, rebounds no he's no he can't he can't if you're relying on him to win uh to score points you're going to be sorely disappointed as That's, he scores a bucket but <laughs> no but he's no jonas when it comes to like no. garbage cleanup around the rim i mean no, jonas has got moves underneath and, well, and, that, and I, mean, rebounding. I just feel like every single one of these games has just been an anathema to basketball that game one where they just stopped giving the ball. Was it game one or game two? Game two. They just stopped passing to Valanchunas. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he couldn't miss. And so basically it was the only way Valanchunas could score is if the Raptors gave him a Kobe assist where they break yeah. the jump shot and he got the offensive rebound. I mean, it's. <laughs> well, I look, I, I still think the Raptors are going to win the series. And, you know, look, if they can, if they can win this game tonight, I mean that's they're probably they're probably winning in five. Yeah, well, I mean three one. If you if you go home three one, that's pretty good. Yeah. The the funny thing is is the Heat definitely have the best player in the series in Dwayne Wade. I I haven't seen anybody better. Yeah. Not but Dwayne, those Dwayne's injuries. Been... I mean, tr- uh, the Heat needed Whiteside a lot more than the Raptors needed Valanciunas. Oh, for sure. For sure, because Whiteside at least got them extra opportunities. Well, right, he, and the drop off from Whiteside to Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam is enormous, and I don't know if you saw the dunk from earlier. Yeah, uh, but that was as as good of a poster as we've seen in this playoffs. When, when he when he did the whole flexing with the the yeah. above, like when I mean, Bismack that was that was like a Draymond Green flex. Yeah, yeah, that was impressive. Bismack threw it down over over Amare. So, do you think either of these teams has any shot against the Cavs? And I, and I hate the hubris no. of saying that, but no. watching this series, I don't think either of these teams can score nearly enough points to win. No, I think the Raptors could play good enough defense to take a game in Toronto, maybe. But without Jonas, I mean, if Jonas is, I mean, and they they're saying he's he's definitely out for the rest of this series. We'll see. If he if he would play in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, if they don't have Jonas underneath, like I mean, I could see like last game, um, last game it seemed like Lowry got started to get his his uh, shot back. He definitely was. I mean, would he throw down like thirty three in game in game three? I think, but um, so I could see where I could see Lowry getting his shot back, especially against Kyrie. I think that you know, you know, if Kyrie has to guard him for any any length of time, but I don't know. I just think unless the Cavs somehow go go ice cold from three, I 
it's going to be hard to see it as anything other than a sweep or, or at worst a gentleman's sweep. Well, and part of what makes the Cavs so insanely dangerous right now is their confidence is off the charts. I mean, oh, yeah. that game-winning shot LeBron had last night was probably the worst shot in his repertoire <laughs> that fading from, you know, between the right wing and the right corner, fade away, turn around, hold the ball for 20 seconds, as I call it, the LeChuck special. Yeah. Um, Other than maybe the three that he that he missed it <laughs> from the top of the key for the last shot. Yeah, I mean, he but he makes that shot because and he has the confidence to take it and make it. That makes a team ridiculously difficult to beat when a team when a team's beating you with bad shots. Yeah, that's true. On top of making over fifty percent of their threes and taking them at a prodigious rate, it they're going to be oh my goodness. <laughs> Dwayne oh, Wade, four for it, seven from three. The rest of the Heat are one for twenty-three from behind the arc. I don't think that team can beat the Cavs the way they're shooting. It certainly doesn't seem like it. I mean, that's just it, though. Like, I don't think either of these teams has enough offensive firepower to hang with the Cavs. They're both pretty good defensive teams and have been all season long. But without without Whiteside, without Jonas, I think that that does drop off for both of them. And you know, even if they're back, it just I just don't see them. I don't see them being able to to hang with the Cavs because I don't think either team really can score over a hundred consistently. Uh, so you're about a minute behind me. There's a horrific <laughs> sequence here where Bismack catches the ball under the basket on the on a pick and roll, travels, then three separate Heat foul him <laughs> at the same time, and, and he gets to the line. It's like that's this kind of series. It is aesthetically unpleasant. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't think either of these teams the way the Cavs are playing. I, and neither of these teams were as good defensively as Atlanta was in the regular season. Yeah, that's true. Now, I do think the best coach left in the East, you know, Tyron Lue accepting, is Eric Spolstra. But I'm not sure that they can get by Toronto. I'm not sure they have the horses. So, especially yeah. without Whiteside. I think Whiteside hurts them immensely. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm not... I'm not uh, concerned about anything other than the fun. And, no, and again, I, I don't want certainly wouldn't want the Cavs to look past whoever they no, want. And I don't think they will. They won't. I mean, they, uh, they and, and that's easily actually one thing that Atlanta or Miami winning because would be helpful for the Cavs focus because the Cavs certainly wouldn't look past Miami. I think right. it's more likely against Toronto, but. But they were one and two against Toronto this year too. Yeah, and you've so. got and they always play them tough, and you've got the whole thing where Tristan Thompson's playing in front of his home crowd, yep. you know where he grew up. So there, there's a lot of storylines there. But and I hate to be this guy that just says, "Oh, the the Cavs are going to, you know, just run roughshod over these teams." But yeah, Cavs are. I think it's a Cleveland fan. It's a Cleveland fan in us that doesn't want to. You never really want to allow yourself to believe that your team is a juggernaut that can't be stopped. And right. Well, it, it seems like bad luck. Now, that yeah. being said, uh, Tony Rizzo uh, this morning on the really big show had, had a definite point. The Cavs blow – or, I'm sorry, the uh, <laughs> Hawks blow. The Hawks were not very good that last game, and the Cavs really played down to them. 
And well, he had a very good point that if they'd have played any other team in the playoffs right now, they'd have gotten their butts kicked the way they played that Atlanta game. But the other side of that being, you know, Cleveland kind of knew they could get away with that. Right. Uh, and they did get lucky a little bit, I think. Uh, that, that LeBron prayer that went in, obviously. Sure. And, well, and the fact that, that Atlanta refused to guard the Kevin Love play over and over again where LeBron just kept finding him on the left wing and he just kept dropping right threes. Wing. And the right wing. Or uh, the, in the corners, really. Yeah. No, but it seemed like that was that one, though, the, the left the left wing corner that, like, maybe yeah. three straight times they ran it and for nine straight points. It was yeah, just... and the other part of that being the Cavs just ran really nice little variations of that play to get Kevin Lowe open. I yep. really like the adjustments they've made uh, in their sets to uh, to just kind of keep things just fresh enough so that Atlanta couldn't sit on them. But, yeah, Atlanta didn't adjust at yeah. all. And I think the yeah, I honestly and I think, think Boston would have been a much tougher matchup. I agree. I agree completely because Boston would have Boston would have physicaled it up a lot more. I mean, well, and Atlanta, outside of Isaiah Thomas, they had the ability to just switch everything too. Yeah, although if Avery Bradley hadn't wasn't going to play, that would have mm-hmm. been a pretty, still pretty big blow for them because they really didn't have any scoring, and that's why they couldn't get past Atlanta. Yeah, and the Cavs always seem to play. Isaiah Thomas pretty well because their guard is yeah. big enough. Well, they just put Shepard on him, and he, yeah. <laughs> he usually does and pretty Shepard well. Shepard had himself a nice series defensively too, and yeah. his shot really started guy. to pick that, up in his last, last game games too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one thing about this Cavs team—they're just so ridiculously deep. Yeah, I mean, well, and he in that game three too that I that I covered it, it was. It was his passing in Game Three that really made a difference. Like he had some really, he had like four Jumper. or five assists in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some really nice, Surprisingly, really nice times. Every time he's handled the ball so far <laughs> this year, it's been pretty ugly. Yeah, we even have a website for it: <laughs> www.pleasestopdribbling.com. <laughs> yeah, and the only speaking of please stop dribbling, Kyrie got a little dribble happy towards the end of that Atlanta game. Well, to be fair to him, though, and, I, and I, I'm surprised this didn't get brought up more. I mean, I, I banged on it a little bit, and then I just got tired of banging on it, and I don't want to be accused of saying the same thing over and over again like certain people. But um, but he played 42 minutes. Yeah, like, I feel like the, the, one, the one tactical error that Lou made in, that, in Game 4 was just playing Kyrie to death while you got Delhi sitting over there with 15 minutes played, and just felt like you could have he could have balanced that out a little bit more and maybe had Kyrie a little bit fresher for that fourth quarter because you know that it really seemed to wear down to me and I think I think that's his go-to I think when he gets tired he wants the ball so he can you know yeah, and his, the ball was moving and his feet weren't yeah that's why he was turning it over because he let the let the dribble get so far away from his body yeah. that it it was going the opposite way of his momentum and that he had a couple turnovers because of that. I, I agree with you. Um, and that's part of what it's just like so shocking that the Cavs death lineup, which is basically the starters with Delhi instead of Kyrie hardly got any run. And those just devastating plays with the Delhi LeBron pick and roll and the, uh, the Delhi Tristan Thompson pick and roll with LeBron trailing and the the two other shooters out on or the other shooter out on the wing. I yeah. mean those plays we didn't even see them, and those were like two of the most effective plays, um, against 
oh, who was the first uh, Detroit. I mean, yeah. and, and that's what's what do you think really got to be scary. What do, you, what do you think? Let's talk about what do you think it is that, that Lou's playing Delhi less? Because he's clearly playing him a lot less. Well, I think than, part of it. Certainly than Blatt did, and, and certainly in the last like month of the season and, and in the playoffs. You know, I mean, for a guy with that with that kind of turnover ratio, you know, turnover to assist ratio, and with how I mean, I granted his shot's been off lately. I think he's but, just sticking with what's working. He's riding the hot hands. I mean, if the Cavs lost a game, I think he might adjust. But they he's played the starters extended minutes. It's worked. They've gotten rest. I think in a longer series where. It looks like it could go a lot more than four games. He he definitely would change that up, but I mean it's working. I, well, I think that I I think it's the ain't broke don't fix it sort of thing. I think there's uh, and then the conspiracy theorist in me says, well, Mozgov's rooted to the bench. Delhi's playing a lot less minutes where he's not going to have a huge impact on games. Mm, you know, I don't know. Last year, Tristan Thompson went off in the playoffs and he certainly got paid for it. So the two guys, the two guys that are up for contracts, is, I, I don't uh, see that. Summer, no, I, I know, but I, I'm I mean, saying, I'm saying, I like to play conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's just, it just kind of to me, it was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know? no, it is, and because they're going to have to pay Jr. Because Jr. is going to be JR now that Jr. is going to be clutch, sought after. J, no, when Jr. is with Clutch now too, so yeah. I'm sure that be a. I'm not even sure how much Jr. will be sought after. Like I don't know that that. You know, I think I think no one will appreciate Jr. more than the Cavs because yeah, but there will be a team. The that, there's always a team that throws money to a sure. guy when he's. I mean, can't you see Sacramento throwing a lot of money his way? Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know if he's a Dave Yeager kind of guy, but well, um, I, yeah, but he's a Vladi Divas kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, but it, we'll see what happens with with that now. Now that because. I, that seems like a. I know that's part of our topic well, list, but Vivek Ranadiv is crazy. One of the nuttier owners we've had. Uh, he seems like the uh, the stepian of of the 21st century right now, with kind yeah. of just the ridiculousness of the move. Minus the minus the dropping baseballs off the terminal tower. Yeah, and and <laughs> trading away all your first round picks, but yeah. Yeah, no. Well, they that certainly, would, they certainly that would be uh, Mikhail Prokhorov. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But uh, in all honesty, like they, I, I mean, look, I don't, I, I don't know much about Dave Yeager other than you know he did a lot with a little in Memphis. Yeah. So maybe you can, I really, who knows? Maybe I, you do a lot with a little in Sacramento too. But it feels like they got to make some kind of decision about about Boogie and whether or not he's going to stay or go. Well, and and I was shocked at some of the coach firings. I mean. Jaeger was they basically let him go interview, right? Well, he it's not like he or he was not under contract. He it? was not under contract and he wanted to he wanted out and they didn't necessarily want him back. So it's I mean they they're calling it a mutual parting of ways. Although it's weird the way he kind of cried at the end of that series too. Like you Well, could, I actually I I like that because I really thought Memphis played valiantly even though they were completely outclassed. Yeah, um, but I really like the way they went out. I mean, they they were getting beat on talent, not effort. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, a- and that's all you can ask from a team that's just massively undermanned. 
the way they True. were. I mean, yeah, I mean, no Conley, no Gasol. I mean, there was Zebo and a bunch of a bunch of also Rams. So yeah, and and Zebo and three D leaguers getting significant minutes. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. No, and uh, also thought uh, Frank Vogel his firing was ridiculous. Uh, a, the way that it happened, I mean, if anybody should have been fired from that team, it should have been Larry Bird for basically running without a center. Uh, I mean, when you're starting, when your best big man are Jan a rookie and a rookie, yeah. that's not, and then you get beat and then you fire the head coach. It's, it's it, That's very hard. I, I don't know what that, what that was about. I think if they were going to get rid of him, they should have done it after they kind of quasi blew it up when they got when George got hurt and and uh, they got rid of Hibbert and they they blew up you know they let David West walk like that felt like the moment to say all right we've we've done this let's let's no they didn't let David West walk he opted out of his contract yeah. He, he gave uh, up eleven yeah. million dollars, and I think it really kind of threw Larry Bird for a loop in terms of because it was kind of a it was a little bit after everybody had committed. But wasn't there a whole thing about that where like he wanted to stay, but then he had some interaction with Bird that pissed him off, and then he said, "I'm opting out." Oh, was it, yeah, I, remember, I think it was the way Bird handled the Hibbert situation. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I think these old NBA guys that think they know how to run teams, like, I mean, look, Michael Jordan's finally got a decent team in Charlotte, but how long did it take him? You know yeah, what I mean? and is that just uh, the law of averages? <laughs> yeah, and, and what he could have had instead of Frank Kaminsky if he would have just taken the Celtics Actually, team. Frank Kaminsky, well, yeah, that was, that was a good move, but I, I actually don't hate Frank Kaminsky. And oh, I hate not Frank Kaminsky. Huh? I hate Frank Kaminsky, but that's well, just the me. player. I in a vacuum. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm not sure he's that much better than, or that much worse than Justice Winslow, who seems kind of pretty offensively talent or uh, offensively challenged on this Heat team. So yeah. No, I think Frank was look. The, I think it's skewed because we. I mean, I don't know how many games you watched Charlotte play, not against the Cavs, but. It seemed like every time they, they played the Cavs this year, Frank Kaminsky had a good game. Like he would hit threes and he would, you know, get rebounds and play hard-nosed basketball. But I watched a few other games where he was just an absolute non-factor. So I think we yeah, I sometimes he had a decent steered. series against Miami. Yeah, but that's yeah, a rookie I, too. That's what a rookie's going to do. That's true. Yeah. So um, you know, moving out west a little bit, we've got a couple of surprisingly competitive series and. I don't think I touched on this earlier, and you told me to, and I didn't do it. But uh, Steph Curry uh, supposed to be active tonight. I don't know if yeah. he's going to start, but the, Steve Kerr said if he had a good warm up, he'd play, and it sounds yeah. like he had a good enough warm up to play. So yeah, and meanwhile, it's eighty one seventy nine with two thirty left, and Lowry just had a shot clock violation with an air ball. <laughs> This is just a horror. I don't know what happened to Lowry, man. Like, I, he must be injured or something because he he's a, he seems like a different player in the playoffs. But it seems like that every year that he's in the playoffs. Is it just because he plays so hard during the regular season? I think he, that's part of it, and I think that so much of their offense is geared around him. Yeah. That when you can scheme for a guy in a seven game series, it's a lot easier to take that guy away. 
especially when you don't have as much shooting on the floor as you would like. And clearly with Damari Carroll hurt and uh, DeRozan not being great and, you know, Ross and Powell not being fantastic shooters, they, they, they don't have enough shooting to, uh, to let you play off on Lowry and who just yeah. picked up an offensive foul. <laughs> okay, so they just announced it on ESPN that he is not Steph's not starting. It's still gonna be Livingston, Thompson, Barnes, Green, and Bogut starting, but that he that he may come off the bench and play. Yeah, and this is game four, right? Yep. Yeah, and uh the the Warriors are up two one. And really like the way that uh Portland played the last game. I mean Ben Worth, not a fan of Damian Lillard and his defense, but there's absolutely no doubt that that guy can fill up the box score and hit some ridiculously difficult shots. Baby Dame Dalla, and he had, he had, he had uh, I mean, he had ten assists too. Like he didn't, yeah. like it wasn't like he was just out there jacking up shots. Like he, no, he no, was absolutely. moving the ball around yeah. too. That's a team. If I'm a free agent, um, well, and, and all for was it uh, Aminu? Yeah, I mean, yeah. had a had a fantastic game, eight for eight from three. Uh, Look, I would say this: if if and I, you know, say what you want about the the whole Golden State thing. Like, look, they won seventy three games; they broke the record. There's no way that Steve Kerr wasn't getting Coach of the Year, even if he only came back for the last ten games instead of the last forty. Yeah. But but no, honestly, my vote would have been Terry Stott. I mean, that guy did an amazing job with I mean, oh any other any other year. Team. They lost their superstar. They were predicted to be in the in the bottom of the lottery, and they wind up in the they wind up as a fifth seed. Well, and they've made some really fantastic additions in free agency. Like, I mean, Aminu on the contract he's on is ridiculous. How what a nice utility knife he is. Yep. And then they've got uh, that Mason Plumley trade that they did from New Jersey, which made no sense to me on the Jersey's part, but <laughs> they got Ed Davis from the Lakers. They got Ed Davis from the Lakers. They've got, uh, and then of course, CJ McCollum out of that, what is a, appearing to be a massively underrated draft. Yeah. Uh, the year he came out. Uh, yeah. I mean, CJ, I'm a huge fan, you know, Glen Oaks own. Yep. Stark County got to represent local kid. <laughs> local kid no and you love to see those guys too i i tweeted the other day that i may or may not have played pickup with him at one time <laughs> and i said if i did i'm sure he kicked my butt <laughs> yeah i'm sure you got to get a good elbows in on him though no 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 the only one i remember i got to play i played pickup against costa kufos when he was 15 oh nice he just was he, was he already like seven foot at he, 15? no he was about six seven Wow. Still, and, that's uh, pretty good. And all he would do would just come down and take threes because people were just fouling the snot out of him inside. <laughs> he didn't want to get hurt. <laughs> maybe that's what uh, Horford's doing. He's yeah, like maybe foul. it is. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, out west. And then we've got just the shocker of shockers. The Thunder up 2-1 on the Spurs. Oh, no, they're tied 2-2. 2-2, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Thunder 2-2 on the Spurs. But after that first game... I don't think anyone thought that they were going to make it competitive. Yeah, make for it sure. competitive at all. And then you had the crazy Dion Waiters inbound game, which was one of my favorite moments of the season. Yeah, the push off, <laughs> and of course Manu acting like he'd been shot. Yeah, 
He's a pretty good actor. That yeah, moment. yeah. It, 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 you should look at casting him in in some roles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Argentinian, Ar- Argentinian thug number three. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you could even get a nose double. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, that's been a surprisingly entertaining series, and and both those teams have looked vulnerable. I mean, the the Spurs have looked a lot more vulnerable than I thought they would. I'm shocked at how hard it is for the Spurs to score sometimes. Well, and, think, and, and against an OKC team that I really didn't think had a very good defense at all. Well, and and I'll give him credit. Dan Waiters has been defending really well. Yeah, um, and he had a good offensive game too. Well, except had a that. couple good offensive games. Yeah, he had a couple of. I don't know how he hits shots like that though. I always wondered about how he's got that like he's got that just like completely over the the head just just chuck it at the basket kind yeah. of a shot. Just a, yeah, I'm trying to remember. If there's anybody I can remember, there, there's another guy I'm thinking of that had a release like that, and I, it's escaping me now. But yeah, but he's, you know, give give them credit. He's their backup point guard, and they play him in crunch time, and he's yep. starting to deliver for him. So and Cantor had a big game yeah. in game four too. He was hitting threes. Talk about big men hitting threes, yeah. but like, and he was actually defending. I mean, he, he actually. <laughs> he, I'm sorry. So, DeRozan drives. <laughs> Dribbles the ball off his foot. It launches into Goran Dragic's face, bounces back to DeRozan, and then he breaks a shot. <laughs> this is just a the, oh, the Mike the Mike Muscala play. The, oh yeah, that was that that play will go down in history as a fantastic play. Oh, that was amazing. That was <laughs> right a, off the that, that was one of my favorite plays that game. Yeah, yeah. No, that was this is just a horrendous basketball game. Demar Derozan. <laughs> is born to take the Kobe Bryant role with the Lakers. <laughs> he really is. He's he is the the next B version of Kobe. Yeah, he is he, he is Kobe part deux. Yeah, he never met a shot he didn't like and yeah. very few that he didn't brick. That's just it though. Like DeMar DeRozan's whole game is getting fouled. Yeah. Right? Like getting fouled on shots, getting fouled on drives. And you can do that all day long in the regular season. Both he and Lowry, I think they were in the weren't they both in like the top ten? And oh, well, got and, to, and and both behind, of course, the the most oh, famous Arden, guy, the beard, the beard. Ugh, just gross. I'm so glad he's not still in the playoffs. Um, spe- speaking of fouls, did it seem? <laughs> I wish I could see Sorry. what you're saying. <laughs> You'll see it in a heavy. Are you still got the game on? No, I, my phone. Oh, uh, Goran oh. Dragic getting hit in the schnoz in slow mo is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's the, so the Cavs. Uh, LeBron definitely not getting the whistles as the mm-hmm. series went on, and and part of that's probably the jump shooting. Uh, yeah. that we saw so much of, and part of it is just that LeBron is so difficult to officiate. Right. But the other part thing of, that I've it, been seeing, Tony crew. <laughs> and Tony Brothers, the other thing I've been seeing is there's been a lot more of the refs. Oh, this is going to go to overtime year. again, isn't it? Oh, I hope not. Uh, oh, more, yes. <laughs> more, just more awfulness. We're, we're in for bonus basketball. I'm going to say this. They, they didn't make it. Neither team made it to 100 the last time they played overtime. <laughs> right. And I, it took, I, I and bet it you they don't, they don't make it 90. Or a half-court shot to make it to overtime. 
Oh, that was insane, by the way. That was one of the craziest shots I've ever seen. And the, the best part about it was that, like, there were all the fans that couldn't get back in the building. <laughs> it was almost like like a Miami game. Yeah. Oh, ooh. Too soon? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just a I, – I felt like this playoffs has been a lot of letting guys play. And I've seen a lot of stuff that you would normally see guys – get flagrants for or get ejections. I feel like the NBA has been bending over backwards to avoid guys getting flagrants or ejections. Yeah. Uh, at times. I mean, we saw the the most egregious one to me was Andre Drummond's forearm to LeBron's head. Oh and they that wasn't even a foul. They didn't even call anything. No, and they didn't call it on review after the game. Yeah. Amazing. Then, yeah. Well, and then and then I know that um when Adam Silver was at the game, I think game three, yes. when Teague pushed LeBron out of bounds and got the flagrant one. Yeah, but, but I haven't seen very many flagrant – I haven't seen any flagrant twos this year. Yeah. I thought for sure they would would have given JR oh, one. Oh, and he got a flagrant two. Did he? Yeah, for the trip. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> which, Randy. Which, uh, you know, maybe maybe in retrospect that Channing Fry trade looks pretty good right now. Andy was was curiously a uh, DNP CD in in game three that they lost. Yeah, um, it, interesting. Yeah, we'll see. And we'll I, see if we see more Andy. So there's been a poll. So if the Cavs win a championship, does Andy get a ring? Because usually the tradition is if you were on the season for on the team for a significant part yeah, of the season, you get. A I could see them giving him one. I, I think, especially with how it all went down, I could I could oh, see yeah. them giving him. No, absolutely. And but here's the other question: Does Dave Black get a ring? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't think I don't know, and, and not because he not because he doesn't deserve one, but because I don't think there's anybody left on the team that either in management or, or they would advocate for it. I don't think anybody would say maybe Ty Lue. Ty Lue might say you know what? We ought to give David Blatt a ring and maybe that would do it. But uh, can you, I mean, who else? Who else? I, I does Dan Gilbert? Does, does, David, does David Griffin who supposedly made the decision? That I would give both sides credit. Everybody's kept it close to the vest. There's been no Well, you knew that Blatt would. You knew that Blatt would be classy. Well, and I haven't heard I, it from the Cavs either. So. No, but what are they going to say? I mean, they're going to—they're they're, not going to—they're not going to disparage a guy because the truth is, he's probably going to get another job somewhere else, and he's yeah. probably going to—you know—you never want to—you never want to. You never and and that. the latest rumor is Houston, which I think would be uh, just insanity. I agree with you. I think I mean, you, you don't think a guy that had a weird parts. relationship with a player with LeBron—you know—being him and LeBron, who LeBron is not always the most professional guy, but usually is. Whereas yeah. Harden is just off in his own little I, own little world. I mean, can you see, you know, him and the Kardashian sitting there at the uh, at the team picnic uh, talking? I mean, what the hell would they talk about? <laughs> no. I, I honestly, I think I think it would be a mistake for him to to jump yeah. into that snake pit. I, I, think, I would uh, love to see him go to the Knicks. I think that would be the perfect situation for him. Just doesn't feel like it's going to happen, though, does it? I mean, no, I agree, I think, but I think I think Carmelo, as long as Carmelo's there, it probably wouldn't happen. Yeah, but I don't get who the hell they're going to hire. I mean, if they hire, if they roll with uh, Kurt Rambis for another year, 
that, that cannot make the Knicks faithful happy. But isn't I mean Phil will only hire from the Lake from the Laker tree, won't he? I mean, has he... I don't know. I, I but who's left? I mean, I guess Brian Shaw's still Brian there. Shaw. Brian Shaw was was on ESPN today talking about something. So maybe it's Brian Shaw. Yeah, maybe it is Brian Shaw. I don't. Because he, he wasn't going to get Luke. They, the Lakers weren't going to let Luke get away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I think Luke was I, – I actually think Luke would have been better off taking the Knicks job, to be honest. I think he had more building blocks with the Knicks than – I think the Lakers are still a long way off. And I Scott, think – Scottie Pippen's available. <laughs> <laughs> Does he even want a coach? I know. I, I, I think he I had Pat been a Ewing consultant does. for a Pat, couple of years. Ewing. Talking about Mr. Nick, like you're going to get Pat Ewing a job, like that's a great place for him. Um, it would be, um, but I don't think he is a Phil Jackson guy either. Oh, it is so. going overtime. Damn it! Is it really? Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I'm just watching the score now. It's, oh God, I bet I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this right now. I don't. I would I would bet ten dollars that neither team gets to ninety in the overtime. <laughs> it's a double overtime for them to get to ninety. <laughs> You mean when they get to double overtime? Yeah. <laughs> this ga- this game has triple overtime written all over it, and then afterwards we talk about what a classic game it was, and it was utter trash. How much do you hate this series right now? If you're a Heat fan, like it's just ugh. Like you you like you know Chris Bosh isn't coming back. You know, like Whiteside was like one interesting thing other than Wade to watch the games for, and now you're just like ugh. We're just stuck in this like morass of, of awful basketball with the I would be I I think the Heat really want Chris Bosch to not come back ever. Yeah, they should have let mean, him go. I mean, as they want Chris Bosch I I don't think they think he's coming back. Let me put it that way. I'm not yeah. going to you know They should have let him go to Houston when they when they could have. Huh? They should have let him go to Houston when he could have. Didn't Maury, like, make a huge play for him? Yeah, he did. Was that, and, was that Dallas? Yeah, but who knows a guy's going to have crazy blood clot issues. I mean, No, I just don't think he was ever – I don't think Bosch was ever a guy that could live up to that contract, blood well, clots. Maybe, maybe not, but I don't think he's coming back. I've heard the rumor that he's not coming back at all. Yeah, I, I could see that. that. He, his career – Why risk it? Why risk your life to come back? I mean, he's – I mean, I'm sure he'll get paid out, you know, some – some, oh yeah, they'll do an insurance payment. So. It won't count against the cap, all yeah. that stuff. So yeah, I think insurance pays like eighty percent of your salary, and it all comes off the cap. Uh, How old is, is Darius? Is, is Miles, Portland did that with Darius Miles. That's right. Is he the same age as as Wade? Is he thirty four or thirty three? Yeah, they were in the same draft. So yeah, he and LeBron and Wade. So and Darko. <laughs> <laughs> did he wind up going back to Europe and playing Darko? Uh, I think so, but I think he no. You know what Darko's doing now? He's a, a no, mixed he martial arts fighter. Oh, Don't dude, I'd pay, I'd pay money to see that. <laughs> yeah, so would I. But um, no, I mean that's the great answer to the trivia question: Who is the first player to win a ring out of that draft? And it's Darko. That's right. Because he won one with a rookie as, as that's right, with the did. Pistons. That's right. He did. God, the Pistons could have been so much better. <laughs> oh yeah, either of those. I mean, Wade or uh, Carmelo, Bosch or Carmelo would have been phenomenal. One of the that, that that's right up there with Anthony Bennett is one of the worst decisions ever. Yeah, it, it's worse than Anthony Bennett because you passed on a lot more good players. 
Well, and the Cavs somehow, I mean, well, not somehow. The it Cavs somehow worked out for them. Yeah, because of the LeBron factor. They the, the Anthony Bennett see. butterfly effect, which which Mike wrote about on the blog a couple weeks ago, was was fortuitous for the Cavs. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, is there anything you want to say about the Cavs uh, before we start the next round? I want to say this. I read an article by uh, Chris Haynes. And I, I'm hit or miss with Chris's stuff. I, I, I like some, I don't like others. But I actually thought he wrote a really good article just yesterday. I think it was, just, it, was we, it dropped like right after right after the game or a couple hours after the game. That just talked about the Cavs off the court and just the, them all hanging out in Atlanta together and just how just how kind of easy they are with each other now. I mean, just it was a really interesting read yeah, about. The hug. Picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just it, it really kind of like solidified, and it you know it talked a little bit about you know just how Lou you know talked to each one of these guys individually, and and it, this is all the things. I mean, look for for as much as I thought it was kind of like it was lip service when Griffin was saying it back in midseason when they made the coaching change about how these guys weren't having fun together and there was no, you know, laughing and smiling and, the, and camaraderie in the locker they room. They were not galvanized. They weren't, yeah, galvanized. I mean, all these, like, buzzwords. And I was like, come on. Like, this just seems like so much, you know, BS. And honestly, like, watching what's happened over the last, you know, really last, like, month or so and and certainly in these playoffs and the way these guys are, you know, are, are around each other, not just on the court but off the court, like, yeah, maybe there was really well, something. And I will to do give that. Lou a ton of credit. I don't remember any coach. Uh, maybe Pat Riley could have, but definitely not any coach that I remember getting to LeBron and saying, "Okay, you need to cut out." And I don't know if he, he didn't say it in this many words, but this was the effect: you need to cut out the ridiculous social media BS. Yeah, you know the subtweeting and all that kind of stuff. And they've been so much better since then. And, you know, some part of me wonders, was everybody just always afraid to confront LeBron? On Probably. Time? Probably. Yeah. I mean, look, when you when you think back at, historically, you know, there was always that specter of him leaving the first yeah. time around, you know, because it was like, oh, we were so lucky to win, you know, have the ping pong ball go the right way. And he was available that year that they just happened to, you know. As John Lucas said, they did tank and they, you know, they did, you know, they, they did luck out and they, they got LeBron. And, but there was always that specter of like, we got to keep him happy. We got to put the guys around him. And I think that was, you know, it was the roadmap, roadmap to failure for Danny Ferry, where he just, you know, they were, everybody was, was slavish to a degree to make that work and, and to let LeBron do his thing and have, have his, yeah, and his maybe- and his posse. And, and now, you know, now that he's, I mean, people can say all they want about, you know, like Stephen A. Smith saying, well, if he wins, wins a ring in Cleveland, then, you know, why wouldn't he go and like, try to go win one in Los Angeles or whatever? It's like because he lives here, because he's a part of the community, well, because, be, no, and because, because he's, he's made this, when he, when he wrote that, well, he didn't write the letter, but, you know, Lee. How do you know he didn't write it? Well, I'm sure he collapsed <laughs> on it, and then you know Lee Lee actually wrote it, penned it. But I think you know when he put that letter out in the world with that sentiment and said he was it coming back, it makes it very hard to walk away. If you walk away from that, 
there's no version where you're not a hypocrite. There just isn't. Like he's he's it was the greatest storybook setup. And if there's a storybook ending where they actually win a championship, whether it's this year or next year or two, three, you know, sometime before LeBron retires and hangs it up, then it then it was all worth it. It all made sense. It was what it's one of the greatest basketball stories of all time. You can't script it though. I mean, I work in the movie business. You can't script stuff that way. It's just you know, for that to happen, it's just you know, it's 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 you know, faded somehow. So to walk away from that. There's no good outcome for LeBron and his brand and anything going for is his legacy and his record anything going forward like there's no good outcome he he has he has to win a title here just as much as as anybody else does because that's the that's the 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 setup he's created for himself he's, co- he's committed to himself to that path so if you've got that in your back pocket as Dan Gilbert or David Griffin or Tyron Lue now like. David Blatt always felt like he was afraid to well, confront and, LeBron. And I definitely think David Blatt kissed LeBron's butt. And LeBron Absolutely. got away no with question. a lot of stuff with Blatt that he would not have gotten away with with a lot of other coaches. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, that's that's just – And, and, and I, I think hope that David, David Blatt in his next stint does not have anything like that happen. I, I And I think if he's smart and doesn't uh, – and doesn't need your choose a Houston – like he would have been great going to Minnesota, I think, if Tibbs wouldn't have got that job. Yeah, I think he actually think I think the team that I think he'd be really good going to because I think they have a a working man star there is Washington. I think if he went to Washington, and although they hired no, that's right, they hired Scott Brooks. Sorry, never mind. That that was another place I thought Blatt would have could have done really well landing because yeah. DC is a very international city. You know, I think that. Um, you know, I think you know with John Wall and, the, and some of the young guys they got, they've got there. You know, the Auto Porters and people like that. And plus, if Durant did wind up coming there, like felt like that would have been a really good fit for for Blatt. But yeah, I think I think he needs he needs like what a, like what Quinn Snyder has in Utah. He, he needs a a young you know core like he needs that. A grit of, squad. Yeah, he needs a guys guys that will listen to him that'll. That'll you know ride or die with him and and be behind him from day one and yeah, I'm sure he'll find that at some point he's a good coach he was a good coach I mean look he, now, he's one of the now speaking one of, of the best Snyder, records yeah. we can all agree that Matthew McConaughey plays him in the movie right <laughs> right I mean they they like have the same hair for like the last ten years absolutely <laughs> okay but but that's but but uh, but just to finish I mean I don't know we've we've beaten this to death in past podcast and on the blog or whatever but just it, having some a little bit of perspective on it it was absolutely the right move to to do what the Cavs did it's it sucked the way that it went down but you know but look Tyron Lue Tyron, Tyron Lue was a player Tyron Lue learned under coaches like Doc Rivers and uh you know was around coaches like Thibodeau like like Ty Lue Ty Lue is, I mean, again, it, it, he's the first, he's the first coach LeBron's ever had that was that was a former player in the NBA, and look, he, he's wow. he's That's, no Paul Silas was a former player. Well, I mean, look, can you really count Paul Silas? I mean, well, he coached him for like four or five years, four no, years, I think. Did he? No. Okay. Let me. No, look. that was Mike Brown. That was Mike Brown. 
They had it was just it was just one it was just one year. It was wasn't only it? one season. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I, but the fair point. I'm just saying, like you know, now, like when when he's LeBron's not a kid, like like it, 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 who he is now. It just again, it's Tyler's the better personality fit for all of these guys, other than maybe Timo. Yeah, and and, and at the time, I was very out on the move. He coached the Cavs for two seasons. Okay. Uh, with LeBron. But I was very down on the move. And, uh, but I did say at the time, you know, if if it works, it, it's a great move. And it, if it doesn't work, it's going to fail spectacularly. Well, LeBron's listening to Lou. And yeah. he clearly respects him and clearly is listening to him for both the on the court and the off the court stuff. So and, that's Ke- and Kevin and Kevin important. has been much has been utilized a lot better. Well, and the biggest thing is the, I mean, the biggest thing with Kevin Love is the arc on his shot is so much better. He's not shooting that flat shot anymore. But he's also quite, getting touches in the in the in the in the in the post. post. And even though he's four for thirty one inside the arc, yeah, it was a rough but, series. But he's rebounding his butt off. So inside the inside the post. But uh, I guess all I was saying about Blatt though is that he's a guy that. Again, it was the, you know, and everybody talks about, like, oh, I'm not a rookie coach and all that stuff. But the truth is, he wasn't a part of the, the NBA fraternity. He was a winning coach in Europe. He's definitely a winning coach, and he'll be a winning coach going forward. Like, I don't yeah, ever think I, I David Blatt think will be. I think assisting would have been very beneficial for him. No. Um, but... Oh, yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you would... watching this? This is how bad this game is. No. Something Did they make happened. it to 90? Did they make it to no, 90? No, no, no. They haven't made it to 90. The ball got stuck on the top of the rim and <laughs> just sat there. Like, it refused to go in. <laughs> that is some perfect metaphor for this game. The, it's not a wedgie. The ball's just sitting on top of the rim, stuck, like, just resting on top of the rim oh, on that God. little flat spot behind on the back of the rim. I've never seen that before, ever. I've never seen that before. <laughs> it's a it's a playoffs of firsts. Wow, Portland up twelve two on Golden State. Oh, they better bring Steph in soon. Yeah, yeah. The Roracle will roar. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And now it's a jump ball, and there's fifty nine point eight left, and neither team has scored ninety. And Miami's going to win this game, right? I mean, it's, yeah, they're up by four with a minute left. And us talking about David Blatt for the last 12 minutes has been more interesting than this overtime. Yeah, that's for sure. Anything would be. Like, we could have talked about, like, Tom's Gutterbot 3000, and it would have been more interesting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, this, this podcast is starting to get a little long in the tooth. Fair enough. So so we do need to, uh, to wrap it up a little bit. Um, I don't have any great over, you know, overarching... Uh, observations from the previous series on other than the fact that the Cavs just have so many ways to win and are I mean this team feels it's starting to feel really special but well, I don't think I, I, don't think I, I feel like you. I'm what watching you, history every game what do you think about the next round do you do you anticipate either of these teams having a shot to take take a even no, a even no, a game or two from the Cavs teams, not with what I'm watching <laughs> no um and, and the Cavs are finding ways to win I feel like I'm watching something special every game. Yep. I feel like I'm watching history every game. 
the joy with which and the confidence with which they're playing is phenomenal. LeBron has got to feel like maybe for the first time in his career, he doesn't have to do it all. Right. You know, he can just be the, the, the facilitator, the catalyst. I saw an interesting stat on ESPN today saying that this is the lowest LeBron, lowest point total, 24, that LeBron has averaged through, uh, through, through the playoffs in, in any year that he's, that he's been to the playoffs. That seems right. Yeah. I mean, he, there's been a different guy leading the team in points every night, whether it's been Kevin or Channing Fry or JR or Kyrie. Like, there's always another guy that, that is hitting shots and handling the scoring load, and it allows LeBron to just crash the paint. And I mean, nobody's better at finding open shooters you know, right. with the amazing passes in LeBron. Like, nobody. Oh there's God. nobody in the best, NBA right My now. favorite pass of the series was just that absolute heater he threw to uh, Richard Jefferson in the right corner. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was like, there's no defending that pass. It got there so fast. <laughs> I mean, RJ's, and, RJ's had a pretty good... Had, RJ's had, had a great postseason so far. Yeah. Um, and And I'm really, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I feel vindicated about the preseason uh, scouting report I did on him, the really underrated thing about him, been a really good finisher this year. Yep. Uh, he not, loves that uh, other Mike side Miller, of the Not Mike James Jones, who just couldn't finish around the rim. He has the ability to put it on the floor and get to the rim. You can't just sell out on his three-point shot. He's not as good of a three-point shooter as those guys, but he, he definitely has a triple threat game. I mean... Yeah. He he can catch that ball, and if you close out, oh, he's going to drive. He just broke. He back. just broke ninety. <laughs> they did. They yeah. Did, did you see that. the ball sitting up there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ESPN tweeted about it. They're like, they're like, wait, what? The ball when just shot goes up, to go comes in. down. It was like, I just don't want to play anymore. <laughs> the ball, even the ball rejected this game. They're like, nope. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. So the the. The game I wanted to play to close out the podcast. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't, how much how much uh, TV have you been watching with the with the playoffs? A uh, fair amount. I mean, yeah, are I, you watching on you know network television, or are you watching yeah. the streams, or so, no? I don't uh, watch network. So, uh, one of my things is some of the best and worst commercials. This playoffs, some of the commercials have been horrific. Especially yeah. in the first two rounds, you know, my my all-time <laughs> favorite, um, the Andersons got tickets to the game. Oh, my God. They ran on a that, – that thing was on two times every commercial. Absolutely. <laughs> and and you just wonder about that guy. You're like, dude, how do you not know – how do you not know more than your 10-year-old kid well, about – Well, that and who uh, – the heat, the heat just won. Yeah. I, tied I, it up, 2-2. Two, two. Tied it up, 2-2. Two, two. We're playing next Tuesday. My God, just <laughs> the Cavs get eight days off. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, and the other thing about this is when these go seven, the other teams are just going to be exhausted. Have, has a team ever had this much time off? I mean, I know the Cavs swept both series in 2009, the which certainly didn't help the, them against the Lakers. The, uh, I think lost one game uh, in 2003. 
I think they said the Cavs, if this if this series goes seven, the Heat Raptors, the Cavs will wind up playing eight games in thirty one days. Wow, sixteen two Portland. Oh wow. Yeah. Why, how is how are they not scoring? Golden State usually can at least score a few. There is a lid on the bucket. Thompson is zero for five. Yeah. Man, his and and uh, no no Curry yet. Although you gotta you gotta wonder if he's gonna. Uh, I wonder if he's gonna get in at all. If I mean, if they're down this far, uh, just came off the bench. Did it? Okay. He's 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 checking in now. Let's see. Let's see what Steph can do. <laughs> Better watch that knee because you know because you know uh, that backcourt of the Trailblazers is going to be testing it. So the other commercial that drives me crazy is these video game commercials that we're seeing. First oh, the, we had the phone ones. Which one's the phone one? The 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 ones with Schwarzenegger. Oh, blowing uh, up my! Oh, my phone is blowing up. Oh, my phone is blowing. <laughs> and it just looks like total clickbait. Like it's just one of those games. Do you want to upgrade? Do you want to upgrade? Upgrade <laughs> for only one dollar. You know, it's yeah. like it just looks like a total scam game, right? Total, total. Scam. Yeah, no, the one I those were pretty bad. Oh, and the worst was the Clash of Clans with Christoph Waltz. Oh yeah, I was just like Christoph Waltz. What are you doing? This is. You, <laughs> You're in a you're an Academy Award nominated actor. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, Quentin Tarantino movies can't pay that poorly, can they? Jeez. And then uh, no, the one now like there's this one for Battleborn. Oh yeah. And and there's another one for Overwatch, and I'm not sure which game is which. Like they just seem like the same game with like 30 different characters and rock and roll soundtracks and well, a lot of cartoonish battles. And they're trying to sell the Battleborn on the fact that it was the from the creators of uh, of Borderlands, you know. But it looks nothing like Borderlands. Like it's it's you know like where Borderlands is like kind of a cool game. Like Battleborn looks. There just... is a mushroom warrior, like a guy who's just a giant mushroom. Come on, come on. <laughs> what is that? That's insane. <laughs> 19 to 5 now. 19 wow. to 5. Wow. It just seems like a game that was made on a dare. 21 to 5. 21 to 5 now. That's insane. Yeah, and yet... They'll come back. can come back at any time. They'll come back. Curry's missed his first shot, but he did get a rebound. Um, no, the, I thought you were going to say... The one ad that I keep seeing that... I mean, I just can't believe they let them show them on TV because they're so bad. Or the FarmersOnly.com ads. Oh, those are the best. Those are the best. We need to. I need to write a master's thesis about the FarmersOnly. <laughs> City it's, girls just it's... don't get it. And and okay, come on, Derek. I'm sorry. Come on, EG. Yeah. Let's be honest. We're talking whites only. I mean, that's what we're advertising here, right? This is. Yeah. This is like. Oh, but... This is like but, urban singles. Come on. But they know how bad. I mean, they, 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 like they, they take pride in the fact that the dog isn't animated. You know, with the mouth when the dog talks in these commercials, <laughs> and it's just he's just chewing something. You know, and like not even, not even a lot. Like they didn't give him like peanut butter where he's like chewing a lot where it looks like he's talking. Like just give him like a like one treat. And he's like, ah, yeah, ah, ah. It's like, come on, guys. Like I know 
There's not I, a lot of production I, I value just, here. I, I know you don't spend a lot of money. of diversity but... in the FarmersOnly.com commercials. Let's, well, the guy that just that like way. tips his cap and he's like, oh, yeah, I like that, yeah, girl. Yeah, the one where the well, guy goes the to the bar. Uh, <laughs> now, yeah. the best part of that commercial, the one with the girl riding the horse, is where there's all those Farmers Only girls start riding up like they're the Magnificent Seven or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Those are... Those are just the best shameless. Worst. Those are the best shameless. worst commercials ever made. <laughs> uh, yeah, those 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 are pretty bad. Um, I I are you sick of flow yet? Oh yeah. I mean, now that they've like replicated, I'm actually though. You know, it's interesting. I'm actually more sick of the flow uh, radio commercials than I am of oh, the, the flow. So bad. Like now they're doing like a slam poetry series. And oh, I thought it was just one. Oh, like it's yeah, like multiple slam poetry things. And yeah, I think they've 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 well worn out Flo's welcome. Also, does the last ship look remotely watchable? No. No, that's just <laughs> Michael Michael Bay is behind that and they got that on the air because of him, but it's just Yeah. Or I I so I I really like um What's that new one? Animal Kingdom. Oh yeah, it's based on the movie. Oh okay, so what's the movie about? Tell, t- the, tell movie, us about the movie. The movie is about this this crime family. It was originally it was an Australian movie, and it was about this crime family. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the plot, but it was really really good, really well acted, just very gritty and interesting. And so they, you know, they they. Kind of, I mean, it's where the mother, like the mother, is like the Godfather, basically. Yeah, She's kind and, of like and, and played by fantastic actress Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin, she never um, gets old. Well, she gets old, but like she still looks good. The only person that can act in that show. <laughs> like they blew their budget. Maybe, I don't know. I well, wait to see how it is. I mean, it might be good, but I'm look. I'm waiting for later summer when, like, you know, when Mr. Robot comes back in July. And, oh yeah. Uh, you know, and I think you know, Bloodlines comes back on on Netflix in a in another What's month. Bloodlines. It's a this Netflix show with. Um, oh, it's like White Trash Mafia, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. It's like the, the family that did a bad thing in the in the Everglades, but uh, <laughs> it started slow, but it picked up towards the end. Okay, okay. I have uh, the new. I I have not watched the new season of Archer. I'm I'm waiting for them all to come out so I can binge watch them because that's probably a good idea. Because Magnum PI is my favorite show of all time, and this season is based on Magnum PI, so genius. Uh, oh yeah, no, I I love that show. So, yeah. um, did you watch Better Call Saul this season? I did not watch Better Call Saul this season. That's definitely one to binge if you can't. Yeah. The second season was, I think, the second season was probably as much as I enjoyed the first season. It was a bit uneven. Second season yeah. is great. Is it better? Season, yeah, because I yeah. really, really, really. The season finale of the first season really put me off. Yeah, I, the second I like season is. I thought it was such a tone shift for the character that didn't make any sense. It didn't feel justified. Without without ruining it, I'll say there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more of uh, Mike Ehrmantraut in. Uh, oh, okay. In season two, so. Hopefully, it's not crying Mike Ehrmantraut, which none of oh, us no. needed to see. No, no, no crying Mike Ehrmantraut. This is this is badass Mike Ehrmantraut. Okay, okay. Um, hey, and I. Yeah, so when I don't ha- when I have time, I there's very few shows I have time to watch. Um, of course, I, I'm st- I'm an episode behind on Game of Thrones, <laughs> so I haven't watched this last Sunday's episode. So no spoilers. I I haven't watched any of this season yet. So I, well, I, I will say it's already I better. Than, I've watched two, and they're better than the last season by a long shot. 
But I have been watching Silicon Valley, which I'm... Uh, yeah, so I got to catch up on that because the guy from Silicon Valley is in those... Another commercial that is always on is those damn Tina oh, Fey American Fey. Express commercials. <laughs> yeah, Thomas, Middle, <laughs> Thomas Middleditch is in those. Yeah, and he's the best part of them. And I just feel like... Who is the audience in the NBA that are such big Tina Fey fans that they're going to respond to, you know... I don't think American Express cares. I think they just, they're like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I see what you're saying. They just put it out there. They're like, eh. She's, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's, I mean, at least they always seem, they seem to have like these cyclical spokespeople and they don't change them. So, I mean, they had Jerry Seinfeld for a long time and now it's been Tina Fey for a long time. So, yeah. The the other one, I really – I was kind of bummed because I liked the old Miller Beer commercials with the guy in the convenience store. Oh, yeah. But the, guys, the, the new ones are terrible. Victoria. Like the, you know uh, – The Troy Aikman one? No, I love the Troy Aikman one. That one kills me. And the reason it kills me is the guy, the short dude, is the best part of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like uh, – I would too. <laughs> I mean, he just he just like nails that line, and and Troy Aikman is like the world's greatest, you know, s- s- dumb straight man. <laughs> I just kept I I just wanted him to so say at the end. Well, you're absolutely right, Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted him to say at the end. <laughs> and then there's the one with like Helen brings a sledgehammer to a thumbtack. Or oh whatever. yeah. And then at the end of it, you can't understand what she says. Yeah. Like. It, there's just some. It's the only commercial I've ever seen that's just completely illegible or unintelligible sentence. Well, they just seem really angry at each other for no good reason, too. <laughs> yeah, like like they have like a complicated sexual history. Yeah, <laughs> or like some, one's going to kill the other one at the end. Of yeah, it's like it's like why didn't you call me after after that night in in Tijuana? You yeah, know? <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just very weird. And and then you wonder why she's bringing. Miller, what? A, why are you buying wine at a convenience store? Yeah, <laughs> seriously, low yeah. rent. Yeah, she seems very. But now the new Miller like commercials are just so generic, and you, you, you've got the, it's like the Budweiser montage of the galloping horses. Mm. Which, oh, right, with just the heavy bass, like yeah, that one's that DM, one's or whatever. It's like who, who's still drinking this? <laughs> like my, my question is, do you need to spend money on advertising? Because anybody who's still drinking this is probably, you know, not watching an NBA game at this point. Probably not. Maybe if you're in college and you yeah, can't, af- you can't afford the you craft drink- beer stuff. Well, did you drink – I don't think anybody now drinks Budweiser in college. No. It's either macro brews or super cheap crap. I only drank Budweiser if my – I only, I only drank Budweiser if my dad had it in the fridge and I was stealing it for a party. Yeah. Of course, you know, there's a lot of rural colleges. Maybe they Maybe they drink Bud there, but – Maybe it, it just amazes me, kind of like the whole hipster culture movement. Like I saw a redneck with a hipster mustache and a souped-up, like '80s Chevy pickup truck the other day, and I was like, "That is so like a fantastic blending of genres." There, <laughs> that is pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I I love like the culture that we're living in right now. I mean, we, we live in a magical time. Yeah. Hey, what did you do for uh, what did you do for homebrew day? Which uh, is, for uh, homebrew day, I've got a 
package from the Grape and Granary. I got a kit, Grape and Granary, fantastic uh, brewery and winemaking supply store in Cuyahoga Falls. Nice. Uh, I, I've got a kit for uh, basically an Alpha King clone from Three Floyds. Oh. And I was very jealous because uh, former CTB uh, editor Kevin Hetrick went to uh, Munster, Indiana for Dark Lord Day at Three Floyds, <laughs> which is the day they uncask Dark Lord beer. And he said it was, it was phenomenal. So, wow. Uh, if you get a chance, go to Dark Lord Day at right. uh, Munster, Indiana, right outside of Chicago, right over the Indiana border. So Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I did for homebrew and uh, not been drinking. Uh, Brooklyn Brewery has a uh, beer called Brooklyn Defender, which is a really good uh, kind of halfway between a session. And it's just a really solid IPA, not too heavy. Uh, Brooklyn Defender, excellent. So Brooklyn's one of those breweries. It's like everything is hit or miss. Oh, Steph Curry just airballed his first three. Just yeah, he, he seems very out of out of sorts. His whole Golden State team seems very out of sorts, but they're only down nine, and if any team can come back quickly, it's them. Oh yeah. Uh, although they can come, they can get nine points in a minute. Although, um, the Rose Garden is a very difficult place to play, or rather, as it's called, the Moda Center. No. Yeah, that makes no sense. I don't understand the the way they. I mean, uh, my favorite is like Sleep Train Arena. No, the Smoothie King Center is the best. Oh yeah, Smoothie King. So like, which is the better name, Smoothie King Center or Sleep Train Arena? That's a toss up. That is a toss up. Smoothie King. You put put Smoothie in the title. I mean, that's pretty. (laughs) Like we're lucky. We got off lucky. You you just shortened quick and loans to the queue. Yeah. No, we we really did. And like, I want I, I want just somebody to call it the Swirly King. <laughs> Swirly King, <laughs> like oh my god, he just dunked in the Swirly King arena. <laughs> like I, uh, I, would just I really wish it would have been Austin Carr just get the name wrong. I really wish it would have been an Orange Julius arena at some point. I think there was an Orange Julius arena at some point. Come on, like doesn't that seem like something that would have happened in the late eighties? Oh, absolutely, but something okay, like, like semi pro guys would have played or something. Is there an Orange Julius Arena? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't see an Orange Julius Arena, which would have been, which would have been fantastic. That would have been, <laughs> would have been an epic discovery. Uh, so, so should we end on uh, whether or not we have listened to the uh, the new Radiohead album yet? Uh, I have not listened to it. Did it come out today? It came out yesterday. Uh, officially, yeah, the on Mother's Day, and it did came they out. Did the download thing again, or is it? They did, but it's also on. It's on iTunes, on Apple Music, okay. so you can get it without having to, like, you know. Have you Have you listened yet? I did. I listened today. Actually, I listened last night because uh, I'm that guy. I listened last night in my headphones, and I fell asleep because it's so kind of soft and moody that there's oh, really nothing that's going to keep you awake. On it, so uh, yeah, I was not a King of Lim- Limbs fan, and, I, yeah. and I'm, I'm as big of a Radiohead fan as there is, or at least I used to be. But uh, I've been listening to the Jayhawks' new album called uh, "Paging Mr. Proust," oh. uh, and they're a fantastic uh, alt country band uh, that came out around the same time as uh, out of uh, Blue Earth, Minnesota, uh, came out around the same time as. 
Uncle Tupelo back in the early nineties. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, I, their I, new album's fantastic. So, well, I will say about the Radiohead album, you know, it sort of starts and ends with, with some old concert favorites that were never on. And like, they, they start okay. with burn the a version of burn the witch that is okay. actually pretty good. And then they end it with a version of true love waits that I, okay. I could take, I could take or leave. I actually kind of prefer the live version, but, um, you know, but there, the rest of it, there's a lot of sleepy stuff. Wow, in it. Curry almost just made a full quarter. Nice. Well, maybe uh, this guy gets still down. Yeah, maybe. Got getting the range back. So, but late, lately, I've been listening to a lot of uh, with all these musicians dropping dead. I'm, I've been doing a lot of like going back and listening to anthologies, like uh, a lot of Bowie, a lot of Prince. Yeah, I got uh, on a big Bowie kick for a while, but I. I'm, I'm waiting for the Prince thing to cool down. I don't like to do it when it's too popular. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is very popular right now. Yeah. But, all right. So, well, um, anything you want to pitch? Anything Anything no. more you want to pitch behind, beside the new Radiohead album? No, I'm not even sure I'd pitch that. I mean, definitely if you're a Radiohead fan, pick it up. But if you're not a Radiohead fan or you're or you never listen to Radiohead, don't start here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go back and uh, start with OK Computer. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we talked about the TV shows, and I haven't really been doing much else with my life other than my 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 new job. Did you, so. did you go see the new Avengers movie? I did. Or, uh, I did. Civil, War. Pitch, Civil War was fun. That. Yeah, I'll pitch that. Like, uh, and much, by the way, much, much, much better than Batman v Superman. Oh yeah, and. Oof. With, with with some similar themes tackled too, but just in a much smarter and more fun way, and uh, much it's not better a, acted and written. Well, and it's not just this like like just you know dour fest, you know. Like yeah. the one thing you got to hand to but, the Marvel universe is that they know how to infuse comedy into their. As, into their, as I've always said, when everything is serious, nothing is serious. Yeah, like if you if you can't change if you can't. If everything is dour, it just gets ridiculous. Yeah. But I will say, I was not excited about the... And I don't think I'm spoiling this because it was, it was in the last trailer. I was not ex- that excited about the Spider-Man mo- the re- reboot for the second time. Uh, after seeing... I can say it without question. After seeing um, Civil War, I am, I am a thousand percent excited to see the Spider-Man movie now. Well, it, it certainly looks better than it did in the previews and i think part of the thing is in the trailer they didn't have the cgi quite worked out it wasn't yeah. as detailed as it should have been but uh it, it looks that looks okay i i did think they did got a little uh they got some character bloat in there uh i, I, I didn't you know I, did, I didn't need uh well again i don't run it but there are a couple i didn't need although i did like uh i think they did a nice job with, with black panther i i I thought he was good, but then I'm like, why is he here? <laughs> like, where did he come from? Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a double edged sword. So. Yeah. Any uh, any other blockbusters you're looking forward to? Are you looking forward to Independence Day two at all? Or not not even a little bit. <laughs> not even that's a movie. That's an that's an example of a movie that should have been made uh, ten about years, ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting that long between sequels and then not having the stars that you remember from those, like, look, it's like, hey, we got Jeff Goldblum back, and hey, we got Bill Pullman back, and hey, we got, you know, it's like, 
guess what? No one cares. If it's not Will Smith, no one's coming. Right, exactly. Um, it's like how many times can the aliens and, – and that's the other problem is that we've been so bes- – when it was the first Independence Day, we hadn't been sort of besieged with all these alien attack movies. Right. And now we've like seen it so many times. What what more new could there be? Like every Roland Emmerich movie, he just finds something bigger to blow up in the yeah. world. <laughs> and it's just like eventually you just get – You're, you're not excited for Warcraft? No, God, that works. Or Allegiant Part 1? I think it's really going to be a a weird summer that way. I think. So, do you think there's going to be a sleeper this summer? Any any sleeper? Because last year's sleeper that just turned into a juggernaut was Jurassic World. I think the sleeper, and I'll I'll say this much: I didn't have high hopes for it at all after the first trailer because it looked like just a just a bunch of of high high end visuals. But I actually think. The Suicide Squad movie could could yeah, out. that's that's the one I think is going to be good. And uh, Ro- Margot Robbie just looks like she's absolutely nailing, like Harley Quinn. Yeah, and then of course I'm sure I will be dragged to see Finding Dory. Um, <laughs> and I'm actually a little bit excited about the Ghostbusters reboot. Uh, I'm not. Well, but part of that is because I really like those four. I do too. I I I like every single one of them, and. I weep for what uh, what that franchise has now become. I <laughs> I don't think it was ever meant to be that, and I think you know. I mean, again, like I, I get bummed out when like I, I'm I'm so super depressed about the 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 going back to Blade Runner. Like you wouldn't uh, imagine. Like talk about yeah. like you send some things you shouldn't mess with, and right. I think Ghostbusters like, what, is one well, of those things I wouldn't like, mess that's with. That's like making a Casablanca sequel. Yeah, <laughs> or no, yeah. just just don't do it. Like, come up with something new. Citizen and Kane two, the reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just. I think Sony is in that mo- in that mode right now, though, where they're doing that with everything. Like, they're they're just building a, a library so they can sell the company to another conglomerate because they're tired of you know losing money every year. So uh, they've, you know, the, with the new guys that they hired, they, they've given them the directive to just go in, yeah. take every piece of IP that they have and exploit it. That's why they're doing, they're combining Jump Street and Men in Black for the next, for, for Men in Black 4. What? Yeah. Yeah. Men in Black 4 is going to be the guys from 20, 21 and 22 Jump Street. Like, is it a real, like, is it? The same actors, or it's an act- yes, real cross. The same act, the same actors. Is it a the, real crossover, or just the same actors? Oh no, no! It's literally taking, it's taking Channing Tatum and, um, what's his name? Uh, it, it's the same characters, just yes. in the Men in Black movie. Yes, they're instead of going to Jump Street, they're now going to the Men in Black Academy or whatever. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's, that's Sony. Wow. Any uh, any word on the uh, the one I'm looking forward to, the Neil Bloom Confalian, or is that never going to happen? I don't think it's ever going to happen. No, it's happening. They're shooting is them. it. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I heard they're gonna they they shot. Did they shoot Prometheus too? No. Um, Ridley still wants to make Prometheus too, but he's busy with other things now, oh. and you know. So yeah, but they're the bomb camp alien is is, is yeah shooting, been shooting and. I don't know. I th- actually think I think it'll be good. I'm hoping. I it he it, needs to do something other than a South Chappie. 
bleak movie. Yeah, so I think it'll be. It should be good for him. I mean, he's definitely a, a great visualist. So I think yeah. I think good job with it. Yeah. Um, and are you excited for Now You See Me Too? I don't know. I mean... What, what, what is it they call... Uh, so you ever watch The League, they talk about... Why don't they just call it Now You See Me Again? I don't understand, I don't understand why they don't just play, do play on titles like that. Yeah, well, and, and why the world was screaming out for a Now You See Me sequel. I mean, the first one was pretty good. Like, it kind of caught... Well, I, I think the first dark, one was pretty but... good, and it has a lot of name actors that can open a movie. Yep, for sure. Uh, you know, between Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson and Morgan Freeman, and then now you've got Mark Ruffalo as a name actor again. Um, you know, between the Hulk and uh, uh, what was uh, his Academy Award nominated movie? Oh, uh, which wait, who's the one about the the paper that exposed the uh, priests? Oh, right, Spotlight. Spotlight, yeah. So, you know, he he's up there too. Yeah, so, but yeah, this I'm, this summer to me is is a little underwhelming. The highlight of my summer will be the uh, the Mystery Science Theater reunion show. <laughs> so I'm very excited not, about that. Not Star Trek Beyond. Oh, star, isn't that directed by the guy who did Fast and Furious? Uh, yes, Justin Lin. Yeah, that doesn't sound good at all. No. <laughs> Like, how can you have a Star Trek movie and they in the in the trailer they blow the ship up? So they're not even in the ship the whole yeah, time. The ship. It's it's the you know the fast and the phasers. Yeah, yeah. It um, I think I mean as far as like the younger movies go too. Like I think Secret Life of Pets is going to be pretty good. Yeah, and I think Finding Dory will probably be good. Because are you excited for Jason for Jason Bourne? You know his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not excited at all. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. doesn't seem like it's going to... No, it it seems like the same movie. Well, I can't remember any details of any of the movies that are different. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at some of these movies. There's a there's a Ray Kroc movie starring Michael Keaton, and there's uh, a young Obama's movie, and there's... I mean, just these movies just look terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see the nice guys because I because I. It kind of has that. Look, but SoCal, that Big Lebowski, um, it's like slash incoherent vice uh, premise, yeah. like the slash buddy movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, and those guys seem to have a good chemistry too. Like yeah. Shane Shane Black always is always good for. Yeah, and Shane Black verbal, is a very good. I, I was a very big fan of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's him, right? Uh, yeah, I think you'll yeah. like this thing. I think you'll like it. Yeah. But, all so right, anyway. Well, <laughs> shall we... Uh, we, we uh, should, this podcast getting a little long in the tooth. Long so in the should, tooth, yeah. We, yeah. we should probably uh, say goodnight. And uh, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. In eight days. In eight days, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or after quintuple of overtime in the next... Uh, in the final... I, I swear... They're going to go to 10 overtimes in the final Miami and Toronto game, and it will just, you know, one team will fall dead of exhaustion. Yeah, guys will just drop dead, and that'll be it. (laughs) That'll be it, yeah. As always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.